Chapter Twenty of Ancient Tales and Folklore of Japan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ancient Tales and Folklore of Japan by Richard Gordon Smith. The Isolated or Desolated Island. Many years ago, the Lord of Kishu, head of one of the three families of the Tokugawas, ordered his people to hold a hunting party on Tomogashima, Toma Island. In those days, such hunting parties were often ordered more for the purpose of improving drill and organization than for sport. It brought men together and taught others to handle them, both on land and at sea. It made men recognize their commanders and superiors, and it disclosed what men were worthy of being made such. Hunting parties of this kind were considered as military maneuvers. On this particular hunt or maneuver, the Lord of Kishu was to make a kind of descent by water on the island of Toma and kill all the game that his landing party could beat up. Boats and junks were armed as if for war, and so were the men, except they wore no armor. The day for the entertainment was fine, some sixty boats put to sea, and landed successfully about eight hundred men on Toma Island. And busy indeed were they, chasing boar and deer the whole morning. Towards afternoon, however, a storm of great violence came on and completely stopped the sport. The men were ordered to return to the shore and regain their boats before these should be smashed on the beach. On embarking, they put out to sea with the intention of gaining the mainland. On shore, trees were being uprooted, columns of sand flew high in the air, and the gale was indeed terrific. If on shore it was as bad as this, it must be much worse at sea. The lord of Kishu's boats and junks were tossed about as if they were floating leaves. One of the party was a notedly brave man, Makino Heine, who had been nicknamed Inoshishi, wild boar, on account of his reckless bravery. Seeing that neither junks nor boats were making headway against the storm, he pushed the small boat off the junk, jumped into it alone, took the oars, laughed at everyone, and cried, See here, you all seem to be too frightened to make headway. Look at what I do, and follow me. I'm not afraid of the waves, and none of you should be, if you are to serve our lord of Kishu faithfully. With that, Maki no Heine shut out into the wild sea, and by extraordinary exertion managed to get some three hundred yards ahead of the rest of the fleet. Then the gale increased to such violence that he was incapable of doing anything. For fear of being blown out of the boat, he was obliged to hold tight to the mast, and otherwise abandon his fate to good fortune. At times even the heart of the wild boar quailed. Often his boat was lifted clean out of the water by the wind. Waves towered over him. He closed his eyes and awaited his fate. Finally, one squall, more powerful than the rest, blew his boat out of the water, and it was seen from the other boats, which lay at anchor, 
to disappear into the horizon. Haynick clung to the boat tightly. When the mast blew away, he held on to the ribs. He prayed hard and earnestly. Some eight hours after the storm began, Haina found the boat in comparatively smooth water. She was flooded, and she was a wreck, but still she floated, and that was all he cared for at the moment. Moreover, Haina felt encouraged, because between two dark clouds he could see an opening and some stars, though at present it was absolutely dark and the driving rain had not ceased. Suddenly, when Heine was wondering how far he had been blown from shore or from his friends, crack, he felt his boat plump into a rock. The shock was so violent, for the boat was still being driven fast by the gale, that our hero lost his balance and was thrown fully ten feet away. Falling on soft stuff, Heine thought it was in the sea, but his hands suddenly realized that it was soft wet sand delighted at this discovery he looked at the clouds and the sky and came to the conclusion that in another hour it would be daylight in the meantime he thanked the gods for his deliverance and prayed for his friends and for his lord and master as morning broke heine arose stiff weary and hungry before the sun appeared, he realized that he was on an island. No other land was in sight, and it puzzled him sorely to guess where he could be, for from all the Kishu Islands, the mainland could be easily seen. Oh, here is a new tree. I have never seen that in Kishu, said he. And this flower, that is also new. Well, here is a butterfly more brilliant than any I know. So saying and thinking, Heine began looking about for food, and, being a Japanese, easily satisfied his appetite with the shellfish, which were abundantly strewn everywhere after the storm. The island on which Heine had been cast was fair in size, some two miles across and ten in circumference. There was one small hill in the middle, which Heine resolved to ascend to see if he could discover Kishu from the top of it. Accordingly, he started. The undergrowth of bush was so great that Heine made a detour to another bay. The trees were quite different from any he had ever seen before, and there were many kinds of palms. At last he found to his delight a well-worn path leading up the mountain. He took it, but when he came to a damp place in the way, he was in no whit reassured, for there he saw footmarks, which could have been made by no one who was not a giant. They were fully eighteen inches in length. A warrior belonging to Kishu must fear nothing, thought Heine, and arming himself with a stout stick, he proceeded. Near the top he found the opening to a somewhat large cave, and, nothing daunted, began to enter, prepared to meet anything. What was his surprise was an enormous man, fully eight feet in height, appeared before him, not more than ten feet from the entrance. He was a hideous, wild-looking creature, nearly black, with long, unkempt hair flashing his angry eyes, and a mouth that stretched from ear to ear, showing two glittering rows of teeth, 
and he wore no clothes except the skin of a wild cat tied around his loins as soon as he saw heine he came to a standstill and said in japanese who are you how have you got here and what have you come for makino heine answered these questions as fully as he thought necessary by telling his name and adding i am a retainer of the lord of kishu and was blown away by the storm after we had been hunting and holding maneuvers on toma island and where are these places you speak of remember that this island is unknown to the world and has been for thousands of years i am its sole occupant and wish to remain so no matter how i came i am here my name is tomaru and my father was yamaguchi shoun who died with his master toyotomi hidetsugu on koyasan mountain in fifteen sixty three both died by their own hands and i got here no matter how and here i intend to remain undisturbed i heard of your lord of kishu and of the tokugawa family before i left japan and for that reason i will help you by giving you my old boat in which i arrived come to the beach i will send you off in the right direction and if you continue sailing northwest you shall in time reach kishu but it is a long way off a very long way with that they walked down to the beach see said tomaru the boat is well-nigh rotten for it is many years since she was put here but with luck you may reach kishu stay you must have some provision i can give you only dry fish and fruits but to these you are welcome and i must give you a present for your master the lord of kishu it is a kind of a seaweed you shall have some for yourself too it is my great discovery on this island no matter how bad a sword cut you may get it will stop the blood flowing and cure at once now jump into the boat and row away i like to be alone you may speak of your adventure but you are not to mention my name farewell heine could only do as he was bid consequently he made off rowing night and day and aided by favorable currents he found himself off the coast of kishu on the third day after leaving the island the people were much astonished to see him alive and the lord of kishu rejoiced especially at the sword-cut healing seaweed which he had planted in the sea at a part of the coast which he renamed and called nagusagori district of the famous seaweed later makino heine sailed again by permission of his lord to get more seaweed the island was found but the giant had disappeared end of section twenty